Tribe Talk. Tribe Talk is a podcast created to help elevate your life through real talk, true stories, and great debate with some fun sprinkled in. We dive into all things lifestyle, health, and wellness to expand your knowledge and guide you towards living your healthiest, happiest life. Don't call things what they are so like you say <laughs> why wouldn't you why don't you call things what they are because you don't but why you, you call a dog a dog it's a dog yeah but when you um like i don't know when you when a dog wags its tail you don't say it's it's squashing you say it's wagging yeah but you don't so if you're gonna microwave a meal yeah then you, what you wouldn't say that this is i'm I mean, microwave. microwaved no, you would say I'm microwaving. Yeah, but you do the uh, finished product like is diluting. microwave. Diluting is what you're doing. It's not the finished product. The finished product is squash. It's not squash. It's juice. It's not. And it's not because juice is pure. Juice is juice. No. Would you not say? So you would say, Alan, can you make me some squash, please? Yeah, and he'd know exactly what I meant because that's what that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you would say you wouldn't say you diluting make, if no, you said, I, could you make me diluting he'd be like well do you want orange or do you want like raspberry or do you want apple or do yeah you... i wouldn't say can you make me diluting i'd say can you make me juice but just to explain what i was going to put in my bottle i was going to put diluting in because i was going to put a bit of diluting in with my water but why would but you say that <laughs> why wouldn't you just say i'm going to put some juice in it too <laughs> Because, because juice is like pure stuff. So instead, you say, I'm going to put some squash in it. No, juice is a finished product. No. Of the mixture of water and dilutant. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's so weird that we're only like, like that, that different a country. Yeah, we say things so differently. I think that you're just so backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so backwards. Well, I was telling David about the girl <laughs> from the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, like they say it wrong because they pronounce it you." No, so, we don't. But you do. You say girl. Say it. We say girl. Girl, like girl. I r l l i girl. Well, <clears throat> we can agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other words that finish with IRL. Hang on. I'm going to Google it. Words. Swirl. Whirl. Yeah, exactly. Whirl. I said swirl. Swirl. <laughs> swirl. <laughs> or swirl. It's not swirl. <laughs> swirl. <laughs> oh. Oh, I might just have my reinforcements. Hello. Hello. Look at your den. <laughs> I know. Who says you can't be a Chanado and have a den? Not very us. Cool. Very, very cool. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh, look, you're really cool and I'm just in the kitchen. You look like you've got a <laughs> we're, we're under a clothes horse. <laughs> yeah, there's no glamour here. Is that just for fun or is that for sound reasons? <laughs> They're both. Perfect. Perfect. We were just having an argument. I'm bringing you into it, sorry. <laughs> so if you were going to, if you wanted water yeah. and you wanted to put something in it to make it taste different, like orange or Ribena, what do you call it? Um, what are you putting in it? Yeah, yeah like Ribena, but oh, what, what is it? Oh, damn it. <gasps> she said just damn it hello tribe hi tribe i could not be any more excited about our guest today um i was texting sam last night and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god um, <laughs> so this week we are joined by the amazing kelly terranova who is uh an instagram queen a dance teacher, a HD ambassador, and she's also a creator of the Bees Knees Journal and the Bees Knees brand. So, hey, Kelly. Hey. hey. Thanks for having me. I love that you introduced me with a friend's, like, a friend's quote. You said, could I be any more excited? <laughs> very apt for me. <laughs> I thought you might like that one. Yeah, that's special. <laughs> 
in my notes I put down friends fans so I was like yeah I mean that's my job really is to just quote friends and hope yeah. that others get on board I know I I quote friends all the time and my husband doesn't get it I, I mean <laughs> how do you how do you cope with that it's really difficult. It's something that we've had to work through in our relationship. Um, I think you should raise awareness for others that are in the same position. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a good point. I think if anyone out there kind of struggles with, um, you know, knowing every single line from friends and their husband's just not really supporting them in that, in that ambition, uh, feel free to kind of get in touch on uh, Facebook or Instagram. So We are here for you. <laughs> and I think Emily as well, since we, we became friends, I filled that gap for you. Yes, yeah. You are literally like my wife sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Especially yesterday when I told <laughs> I told Sam that an offer on our house had been accepted and I'd forgotten to tell my husband first. So. <laughs> That's your friendship right there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've only known each other a year, he wouldn't guess. Um, so kelly um back to you the star of this podcast we'll stop waffling Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, tell us a bit about you um about kind of how you have um created bees knees journal um and the brand and yeah just uh put your whole life story in a nutshell for us um well I'll do my best. I I don't even know what happened, if I'm honest. I Ever since I was a child, I loved just creating and making things. I used to make, um, this is really embarrassing, but we're going to go there. I used to make uh, books using my dad's photocopier with like word searches that I'd hand drawn and like little quizzes and spot the differences. And I used to photocopy them and staple them together on my dad's work headed paper and post them to all the kids in the street. So like, I've been like a bit of a Dell boy since back in the day, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I held a school disco at our local village hall um, and like charged like fiver to come and just had like disco lights and a treasure hunt and some snacks. And um, yeah, so I've been, I used to give all the money that I made when I was a kid to the NSPCC. Um, so I've been, you know, dowboy in my way through life since an early age. And then um, the bees knees kind of happened by accident. I was with a couple of my friends at my dance school um, in the holidays. They wanted to do some extra classes and they wanted to do some fitness. So we did a fitness class and I ended up spending the whole of the first lesson talking to them about how it doesn't matter if you train every single day of the week and eat really, really well. If you don't take care of your whole health, then you're going to feel crap, basically. Um, and they were like, okay. And I gave them this, I mean, I made my own leaflet from Word Art. You know, it was very <laughs> poor quality, but made them this leaflet to take home, to read about it. And then I started an Instagram page just for us. Um, there was about 10 of us. And I said, I'll share tips and things and we can share what we're up to. Um, and then within a couple of months, I had 2000 followers and I thought, this is a bit weird. Um, people are quite liking the whole idea of that to be happy and healthy, you have to take the, the holistic approach. Um, and so it just kind of evolved from there. And then I thought, I'm going to make a book. I'm going to make this into a journal. And one of my best friends is a really good designer. So I talked to her about us designing it and we decided to make it like a mindful coloring book at the same time so we picked a theme she did some drawings I decided you know what this book was going to entail it was going to entail like a daily recording of everything that we do um, and it was going to combine gratitude and physical health and spiritual health and emotional and mental health and there would be tips and tricks on to what to do each day and it was just about taking a small moment every day for you because we're all so busy and none of us taking time for ourselves so it kind of happened by accident. And then I made it within about six weeks. And then Del Boy that I am just went to a printer and was like, how much is it going to be to print these? And then he told me and I was like, cool, let's do it. So we printed them and then I sold them. <laughs> <laughs> now, two and a half years later, um, I'm still selling them and I've, I'm on my third edition. So I update it every year. I've just brought out a junior journal because there's been a big demand for the same sort of thing for teenagers and tweens, I think they're called, sort of from age eight upwards. Um, So I've just done that. And my next project is a journal for men. So, I mean, it all kind of happened by accident. Um, Yeah. So no real, you know, wise words there. I mean, (laughs) it's pretty amazing, though, because I think it's two years ago, 
I think you posted saying 1,500 followers. Thank you. Oh my goodness. And then today you've got 32.7K. Yeah, so maybe it is just two years then. I can't remember when I first, I think I first sold the journal, I want to say October, November. I can't remember. But maybe it was just two years ago. I mean, I've had a baby in that time, so my time frames are a bit off. I mean, I don't barely know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a baby and I don't know what day it is, so that's fine. Like, yeah, at least you've got an excuse. Yeah, it's all gone a bit crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very thankful that it's, it's gone that way. But, I mean, it was t- kind of by accident, really. And so did you have, because um, obviously you, you talk a lot about Huntington's disease as well, and that's something really close to your heart. Um, is it that you're able to do that with the platform that you now have to raise awareness or, or did it kind of grow together? It kind of came, it was kind of a light bulb moment really. I had talked about it on there so I did a post quite early on because I'd been to the genetics so basically Huntington's disease is something that my mum has, it's a genetic condition uh, which is not curable it's generative and it's very severe and the children of a carrier have 50 percent chance of having it so i had kind of started to document my journey of whether i was going to test um talked about how i was coping with that by using the concept of what it was called love yourself lean then my brand used to be called love yourself lean and then it changed to the bee's knees talking about how that concept uh worked to help me through it and then as the audience grew, people took a lot of interest in knowing more and they were quite invested in our family story and in my journey. And I thought, I'm going to talk a bit more about this. And I've always fundraised for Huntington's disease back, you know, even when I was younger. Um, you know, I've done various dance-a-thons at the dance school that I own. Uh, we've done things with my dad's martial arts club. Um, I did a, um, a Tough Mudder. I mean, let's not even go there. That was awful. But I've always raised money. <laughs> for charity uh, for that charity and then um there was a girl called l um l wright feathering the empty nest i don't know if you follow her on instagram yeah um, and she sadly lost her son teddy at three days old and she'd done a lot of fundraising for the neonatal unit that had taken care of him and i thought this is a real platform for raising awareness and raising money and so i thought i'm gonna do the same thing i'm gonna donate a percentage of my sales towards this um and i'm gonna try and promote you know raising money for a cure and I actually raise money directly for research now so I raise money for the University College of London um, as opposed to the Huntington's disease charity because that charity does amazing work incredible work but they don't um, give any of their uh, money to to research and I specifically had a, a mission to raise money for research so I went about finding um, where the research team was that was most close to me that um, had just had a huge breakthrough and I decided that I was going to directly raise money for them so that's kind of how that came about and having the audience is brilliant because I get messages all the time now that say just to let you know there's a there's a Huntington's disease story running on neighbors in case you haven't seen it um, I thought of you and I never even knew what this disease was before following you so those you know as much as that's tough to hear it's really nice to know that people recognize what that is now um mm. and i guess it is becoming more of a household name so i i can only be thankful for that really yeah i mean i think it's amazing and i mean it's i i haven't told you this but um you made me realize that i actually knew somebody with huntington's mm-hmm. um so i was uh, I don't know if you know much about me at all but I was in the Priory for um, an eating disorder um, quite a few years ago and there was a woman in there and she's in she's part of my book as well and she was very um, she everybody absolutely loved her she was very kind of childlike I think she was in the first kind of stages um, and um, I found out while I was there that her husband had put her into the priory because he just didn't know how to cope with her anymore. I think he understand that. And um, so she had a couple of sons and a husband, but because he, he just, you know, she, because she was kind of almost regressing, if you like. It's so complex. I completely relate. Yeah. And so she didn't necessarily have, um, cause obviously there are, there are lots of um, addiction treatment patients there, but there was also the kind of, um, 
the psychotherapy ward and mm-hmm. things like that. But she'd always end up just coming down and hanging out with us. And she used to make us absolutely roar with laughter. Oh, you know. I think she was maybe in her 40s, if I remember yeah. rightly. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name. It was quite a long time ago. Um, but yeah, and, and it wasn't, and I, I kind of wrote about her in my book. And even when I was writing my book, I was like, I don't know why. I know she, she wasn't, she shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, mm. And it was her husband that had put her in there. But I didn't really know what the um, what what it was that that she was suffering with yeah. until I found you and I realised yeah. that actually it was Huntington's and I just thought oh my gosh what what a position to be in where mm-hmm. you don't know what to do with your wife and you end up putting her in what's effectively you know a what's a desperation yeah it really is and I think the the disease is so complex and I've said this before on a live and I'll say it again now. I'm always torn between what I show on Instagram because I have a duty to my mum to kind of protect her dignity and protect who she was before she got ill. But then I also have a desire to raise awareness so that no one has to go through what she's gone through. And I only show the lovely bits. I show us on our family days out and I show us having a cuddle or hanging out at home. I don't show the brutal side of exactly what the disease entails, you know, which is, is, you know, you lose control of everything. And there's a, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the, the brain is deteriorating and you lose rationale and empathy and, you know, th- things are really tough. We went on a day out the other day for her birthday um, and it was just a Santa train ride, um, seeing Santa and then coming home, but it went on longer than we anticipated. And my sister and I, we're just looking at each other because we knew that the second that we got in, it was all going to erupt because she hadn't had dinner at the time that her routine requires. And she, and she just burst into tears. She was hysterical as soon as we got in. And, you know, it's OK. Like my sister calmed her down. She had her dinner, um, you know, and she was she's OK. She was fine within a certain amount of time. But those are the things that people don't really see. And I think when you with the care system at the moment, there is so little understanding of exactly how complex Huntington's disease is. Husbands, wives, carers, are, are they're having to put these people in homes, not because they need to be in a home, but because they can't cope with it on their own and people are telling them that they don't need help. And it is, it's honestly, it's quite torturing to see. I think my sister, fingers crossed, has succeeded in getting continuing healthcare for mum just this week. And we have had that battle on for a very long time. Um, And finally, hopefully dad will get the support that he needs because my dad's like, um, you know, indestructible, you know, Mr. Fitness, Mr. Mental Health, like so strong. And he is, he's falling apart, you know, and he's, he's really struggling. And if he's struggling, then it's bad Mm. um, because he's kind of like the rock of the family. So I just really hope that she gets that support she needs. And I just, that, that's all I want really is for that understanding to transcend across, you know, every, every platform so that people, you know, can just be a bit more empathetic. And maybe even if you know someone in your family or your friend circle that has it, know the things that you can do to get, to lend a hand to that carer who's potentially just isolating themselves and doesn't know what to do. There are things that people can do to help. So it's a long way to go, but we will get there. Yeah. How has, sorry, um, has, has, was it, did you say it's about 14 years since your mum started showing symptoms? Yeah. Is that right? And how, how has research like progressed since then? Amazingly, like incredible. Yeah. So just last year, Huntington's disease was in the news because they um, had a breakthrough with some kind of treatment that's uh, fluid that's injected into the spine that can potentially delay onset and there is promise that that could potentially block it from happening in the future um, so I was part of a trial recently where I had to go to London they needed the same amount of people who tested negative as positive so I tested negative thank goodness a couple of years ago um, and they did an MRI scan and a series of brain tests to draw comparisons between those that have the gene and those that don't have the gene but neither have started symptoms yet to see if they could pick up any you know similarities differences and so on Um, and this is all part of building up to that drug being available um, in the future and they were I love I love the guys at UCL they're really really positive and driven and enthusiastic and they really believe that a cure is around the corner. And 
the um, the lady that's running the research has basically said, I will cure Huntington's disease or I will die trying. She is so passionate about making that change. And they they kind of said that they do believe in the next decade that this will be something potentially of the past. Um, and when I, when I went to test the first time, I tried to test three times, chickened out. Uh, there was somebody standing in for the genetics counsellor because the genetics counsellor wasn't very well. She's amazing. But this lady that was standing in, she said to me, in the meeting, they really go into detail about like you, I mean, I'm going to say in a jokey voice because this is what I'm like, but they basically say, you know you're going to die. You know that there's no cure. You know this is horrendous. And you're sort of sat there thinking, this is not helpful. And I guess they have to really prepare you that if you're going to take that test, there's no going back. But they're so black and white about it. It can be difficult and she said how would you live with a yes and I said well I would I'd live in hope you know we all live in hope that's how we get through these things I would campaign for um, a cure you know I'd raise money and I would just live in hope that a cure would come out in my lifetime and she said uh, a cure is not going to come out in your lifetime we haven't even cured cancer so we're not going to cure HD I don't think you realize how complex this is and I was just like gosh your audience like way to piss on my parade and I, and I just thought and that really affected me for a long time. And that was the reason I backed out of the test at that point, because she just completely stripped away everything that I had. Um, yeah. And I remember going home to my dad and my dad saying, it's people like her that will never find a cure because they don't believe that it can happen. It's the, it's the people that believe in these miracles and that keep searching different avenues and new, new angles to look at things that will find a cure. And now here we are in a situation where the amazing people at UCL are potentially onto something that could cure this disease. And I just think those are my people, you know? Yeah. I think we have to try and surround ourselves with people like that as much as we can. For sure. Like it's belief, I think, is one of the most powerful things that you can have. Like whatever it is you want... To believe in it if you really believe in it it's gonna happen for sure Absolutely. and there's a family um i mean on a slight side note i read about this i read a book called mind over medicine highly recommend it for anyone who is unwell or battling illness um it's an amazing book and that she talks about she's basically a doctor she gave up her job because she felt that as a doctor she had got to the point where she was just prescribing drugs but she was like i went into this job because i wanted to heal people and i wanted to help people and i feel like i'm just printing prescriptions every day and she did loads of research into these people that we call miracles who have an incurable tumor that's you know that disappears you've just put your hand up is that you Sam hey. no I didn't have a tumor but um I've had like I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease fibromyalgia and you know incurable diseases yeah. that when I got told I had them I was like hell no like this is not yeah my life and you know it took me about five years but I'm symptom free now like completely and have been for a year and I know like it was when I started and um, like part of it was diet I think with the bowel thingies um but with the fibromyalgia you know I don't know if you know what that is but it's just like this constant pain fatigue yeah. like all these symptoms and I know that it was my mind that manifested it because I was in a stressful job like I was so unhappy that all these thoughts and things were creating this disease in my body and it was when I started to become aware of that and really work with my mindset and almost like counteract what was going on so if I was in pain one day and the pain was in my hand I'd be like you know the pain's not there I would like like almost like put my awareness to the pain and I'd be like I'm zapping it with my mind I'm zapping the pain away and I kept like doing all these things like all these mindset things and and it's gone see that's exactly what she talks about in the book so she says she believes from and what I love about her is because she's a doctor she's done this like biological research into how our body works and she believes that we have some control over how our genes manifest and she says uh, she did a study on a, um, a village in Italy and they had like really low heart attack rate, lows, they had like low, low, um, just really low death rate. Everyone was dying really, really old and they couldn't work out what it was. There was no pattern. Um, they, they checked the water in the springs to see if it was something to do with water. They checked their, their DNA. They checked everything. Um, and in the end, they concluded that it was their lifestyle. So these guys would get up really early, go to work come home late they'd work really hard but every single day they took their tables outside they sat in a row of tables in the street all the families were together 
these people smoked, they drank red wine constantly, they had high cholesterol diets. There was nothing that should suggest that these guys should be in good health and they had to put it down to happiness. They said they just lived such full, like happy lives that they are, their brains are just in the best possible position to cope with anything. And I, and I do have such strong belief in that because in my situation with my mum, she, yeah, she's been poorly for 15 years. Yes, yeah, she's deteriorating. But in comparison to a lot of other people with HD, she's done remarkably well. And my dad calls it the holistic approach. So he says he's done some of the medical stuff, you know, given us some of the tablets that you can give to help. But then he's done the holistic approach as well. And she has a really good routine. She has a very peaceful setup. Um, he's built a extension downstairs where she, so she can stay at home, which overlooks the gardens. She wakes up in the morning, she looks at the garden and he has the gardener come in and make sure that her garden stays beautiful and all of those things I think have played a part in how slow her deterioration has been in comparison to other people I really believe that yeah that's amazing and like, there's been so much I've been learning about recently I just done my yoga teacher training and we've learned a lot about the mind and and that as well and how you know disease in the world and I don't know like things like Huntington's is genetic but with other people stress as like the number one cause of disease like in the world right now and it's only such a small percentage that's actually like genetically kind of cause diseases so we all live these high stress lifestyles and not many people are actually happy and like mm. and you've kind of got the proof of your mom like how that's delayed that coming on and you know there's so many things out there and it's just that was something that made me really passionate about creating the these needs because I just think you meet people who drink every green smoothie that's going and they train every single day and those things are wonderful but if you're if you're miserable at work or miserable in your relationship or you've got something in your life that's really stressful it doesn't matter how much you train and how many green smoothies you drink you're going to feel like crap and it's going to manifest itself in your body our emotions manifest themselves physically and I just think that there's we have to try and stop at some point. And the, that's why I changed the brand to the name, The Bee's Knees, because The Bee's Knees is an old British saying that we said back in the good old days before our life was 300 miles an hour. Um, and we, I just feel like we need to just strip it back to basics. It's not anything, I've not come up with any kind of like new revolutionary way of living i'm saying let's go back to how we used to live when we would go to the supermarket on a friday to do the food shop and coming home and having a jammy donut that was fresh with a cup of tea was the bee's knees <laughs> um, you know and i just think like we we rush through everything so much now and we're so stressed we don't take a second to cherish any of those things and i think if we can do that each day alongside looking at those four areas of our health our mental emotional spiritual and physical health and saying each month i need to make sure that yeah i do need to do something for my physical health but if i'm not doing something for my mental health and my emotional health and my spiritual health i'm going to be knackered and i'm going to feel like crap and i just think we've got to get this balance everything's balance it always comes back to balanced living doesn't it um and yeah. i just believe that there is as much benefit for us in terms of our health laughing until we wet ourselves by eating a cake and drinking a glass of wine with our friend as there is in doing a yoga class it's equally beneficial the key is to do them with the, to do them balanced and to make sure that we do all of those things but not do just one of those things and none of the other um mm. we've got to make time for ourselves you know none of us know how long we've got left why waste it being stressed to the hill it's just crazy madness to me hd is what gave me the gift to see that i think yeah. And I mean, I think that that ties in with what we do in the tribe as well quite a lot because we're, we're trying to create a space where men and women can come and, um, you know, log in and either do a Pilates, like a short Pilates class or, you know, look up some like yummy recipes that aren't, you know, calorie uh, controlled or any of that crap. Um, but also to do um, little um uh, like missions and stuff like whether it's to go outside or that that month or or, or little things like that and mm. I think it does sound so simple but you always will have those um, people that go well, I just don't have enough time and I think that's what I really like about um, especially like watching you on Instagram because you are such a spearhead for what you believe in and you can tell you're really passionate about it but 
you're not afraid to go, yeah, today's, today is a bit crap. And, you know, there's no, there's no kind of false, um, false advertising with you. You've got, you've got yourself out there completely raw, completely real, whether you're, you know, dancing around <laughs> Dick Van Dyke or uh, singing to Freddie. That wasn't it. <laughs> my alter ego oh literally it makes me giggle so much <laughs> do you so are you you're you're taking a step back from teaching dance is that right yeah I thought I'd better uh, practice what I preach um since I had Freddie I've lost my way a little bit um I one of my downsides and I'm coming to realize this as I come out the back end of 2018 is I have got that within me to become a workaholic. It's a, it's something that's totally in me. Um, and I, I think I'm coming to understand that it's been a mask for everything that's going on in my life. I think the reality is as much as everyone says, which is lovely, you're, you know, you're so positive and you're so, it's so lovely to see how strong you are with what's going on with your mum. I think throwing myself into my work has been a way for me to kind of numb what's going on because if I'm busy, I don't have to deal with it. Um, and my, my kind of focus for 2019 is to allow myself to be more vulnerable because every time that I have allowed myself to be vulnerable online, it's actually been received really well. And it, it seems to give people permission to go, oh, oh my God, I feel crap as well. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to, you know, keep pretending that everything's great when actually I'm going through a really tough time. And so I've decided that in the new year, I'm going to get in touch with a bereavement counsellor um, to discuss grieving for mum. Because even though she's not died, part of her has died and she's still here. Um, which is hard to say because it makes me feel like I'm not being grateful for the fact that she's here, which I am. But I just think inevitably at some point I've got to face up to the fact that she, my mum, as I know her, has gone. And I think in order for me to be the best person I can looking after her, I've got to make space for that. Um, and I don't see, I live an hour away from her now and I don't see her as often as I'd like to. I see her about once every two weeks and I want to see her every week. Um, and so I decided that something had to give and I'm really bad for letting people down. I feel, um, I know that people in my dance classes have a good time in the couple of hours that I'm there and I didn't want to take that away from them. And I kind of put myself under pressure all the time to make sure that I'm being a little snippet of everyone else's happiness. But what happened this year was, is it came at the cost of my own. Um, and then I've been snappy at home um, with my partner, Kevin. I've been more snappy with Freddie, my son. I don't see Freddie very much and he's only 16 months old. And I just think here I am telling the world to slow down. And yet I'm running at 100 miles an hour and not focusing on myself and somewhere. And I think almost everyone who's become a mother will say that in that first year, they completely lose sight of who they are and they feel disconnected and they feel like they're not the same person which they're okay with but they're like who is this new one and I just think I've got to the point now where he's 16 months old and I think right time to like reframe how I'm going to work things and I'm, I'm taking a pay cut you know I'm that's my that's my main income um but you know I'll work it out I'll work it out I'll find new avenues and I will um just do what I need to do sometimes I'm one of these people that says money is important. I'm not one of the people that says money isn't important because money, nobody's riding for free. Um, <laughs> I wish money wasn't important, but it is. Um, and so I'm a big believer in that it's totally okay to want to earn lots of money. I don't see that there's any shame in that. I don't associate it with greed or anything like that. Um, it's about the energy that's exchanged when you take money. If you rob a bank, it's going to be horrible money. If you've earn money by doing some good then it's it's good money money's just the thing um so i do think money is important but at the same time i do think it's important to reflect and be like should we change things shall we go in a new direction and i'm going to take january off work as much as i can um when i say off work i, I, I can never be completely off work because i'm self-employed but the plan is to take a big step back for january um possibly february um and then reframe things and give back up i've got a new opportunity which has come up which will potentially be happening in the new year but again if i'm going to do that i need to look at other things something's always got to give yeah. and i think i'm you know i'm not going to be apologetic 
about raising my son now I'm just going to be more of um, raising my son and that's what I'm doing and you know it's not forever he's not going to be little forever he'll be at school in a couple of years but that's something that I'm I'm wanting to do mm. for now and then um your life's ever evolving isn't it we never have it all worked out it will probably change in six months and then it'll maybe I'll fall pregnant again you just don't know what's around the corner so I think it's always important to be open but it's, it's a big thing stopping teaching because I've taught for nearly 11 years mm. um, and I will greatly miss it um, but I'm still going to go to a class just for myself yeah um, and that will be with my friends so I said to them when I said I was giving up I said I'm, I'm not you're not going to not see me anymore. I'm just coming over to the other side so that I don't have to do the choreography and all the planning before I'll be the person that gets to enjoy the class while somebody else teaches me. So that's mm. the plan. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I think if you, um, if you follow what you love, everything else will come into place. I mean, Sam and I have both quit corporate. Well, me corporate, Sam, you know, a, quite a big responsibility job um, to do what we love. And yeah, like you said, you, you something's got to give, but taking that first step is the biggest challenge. And, you know, we're still here, you know, I've still got a roof over my head and um, I'm doing what I love, which makes me happy. So I think as long as you're, as long as you're like willing to accept that change and to let go and, um, and follow what you love, everything else does come into, into, uh, into position really but yeah. um, I do think it takes a lot of commitment as well I think a lot of people who are self-employed on the face of it people think they've got it easy and they think oh it's all right for you I had someone who commented on a post of mine um, when I said I was giving up dancing that she said oh it's I wouldn't feel bad I'd feel lucky I have to work 50 hours a week to support my child and again I don't think she meant it in a bad way I think she was just yeah. like oh you're so lucky but um there's nothing lucky about the situation that I'm in. To me, lucky would be my mum being well. It depends what you define as lucky. Yeah. Um, but I just think we, it's so easy to compare our lives to other people's. But I gave up my entire 20s for my work. When other people were off doing fun things, I was at the studio. And I was, you know, for years I was the cleaner and I was the main instructor and I was the manager and I was in the office and... You know, when I was married before, um, I was divorced at 27, but he, when he left that week, I'd just signed a lease for the studio and he was supposed to do all the DIY work. So I was stood there with a key to a, an empty unit, knowing that in three weeks I had to open a dance school that had no mirrors, no ceilings, no floors, no nothing, and I had no money. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I had to make that work. And I just think you either dig your heels in and say, I'm going to do this, or you say that's not for me and both are completely fine it's each to their own but being in the situation I'm in now where I'm able to step back have a manager run the school and not teach is has come about from years and years of practicing commitment in private that people haven't seen mm. um, so I just think it's easy to especially on Instagram isn't it it's easy to kind of see a, a window of someone's life and think that they have it easy yeah um, it's like an iceberg, isn't it? I mean, you only yeah. see the, the little top percent. And I think we, we all, anybody that's um, self-employed gets that a lot. And it's like, actually, I work seven days a week. So. You always switch off, do you? You yeah. can't switch off. And I think, and that's our choice. And I, I choose that 100% and I take responsibility for that. But it's certainly not easier. Um, you know, I have days where I think, oh, shall I just go and work on a checkout and just do my shift and go home and not have to think about other things? We all have those thoughts. Um, but ultimately, we have to take responsibility for the choices that we make, um, and that can't be. Um, you can't. You can't. You can't look at other people and think they have it easy because none of us know. Like you say, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. It's. Um, I. I love the fact. I. I saw. Um, one of your choreograph. Chore choreography. Yeah, pieces <laughs> yeah. on Instagram the other day. Um, to further than feelings. And then that soon became my um, favorite song. I was listening to it on my honeymoon. I was like, oh my oh, God, no. this is so good. But um, it made me giggle a little bit because I was just thinking back to when I um, was doing my performing arts degree. And that first year where I had to learn to dance effectively, I was like the female version of Zoolander. I <laughs> like, honestly, it was awful. I stepped, <laughs> step turn, step to the right, pretty much just got that. And then yeah. when I had to go to the left, I'd suddenly end up going to the right again. And <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And 
when I was um, when I was younger, because obviously I've been I train I kind of was always been in like the acting world and stuff. And I remember there was um, a time at Stagecoach, and we were doing a dance to Britney Spears, and we had to walk forwards as sexy as we could. Mm-hmm. And I did my little walk forward sexy, and my dance teacher burst out laughing and was no, like, was like Emily. Funny. Never. She was like, Emily, you're just not sexy. Just don't. Emily, never sexy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, my darling, honestly, you would have looked at me and just been like, oh dear. But to be fair though, my thing was perfection because I had to be perfect at everything. I had to be a good dancer and all this stuff. And so for the first two years, you know, literally female version of Zoolander, the least sexy thing on the planet. Um, dancing like an absolute nutter. I looked like somebody that didn't have full control over their body. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then when I learned that it was okay to just laugh at yourself and just let go and have fun, I ended up getting like a distinction in one of my jazz exams. Oh, that's amazing. And it just, it is about mindset. It's about that mindset, changing it up and thinking, okay, instead of letting me get annoyed with myself for not being perfect how about I just enjoy it and actually I miss dancing so much form of exercise I always say this because it's an emotive form of exercise because it's an expression so not only are you gaining the physical benefits you're gaining the emotional benefits of dancing as well that's I think why I love it um and you're so right if you're at the end of the day if you're not enjoying it what's the point in doing it you've got to be enjoying it that's why we go and I always say that to my dancers. I mean, my routines aren't always the slickest you've ever seen because I always say to them, just be in it. Just be in the song, be in the moment. I just want you to totally throw yourself into this dance. And um, that's what I'm going to miss, I think, is just seeing them just let loose and lose their inhibitions. I think that's my, if I was to say what my purpose is in life, I would say it's to, um, I have a way of help. I've learned through my life that I have a way of allowing people to lose their inhibitions. I found it when I was teaching dance. I was a primary school teacher for four years. And when I taught seven-year-olds, that was something that I was able to do. And then now I keep seeing on Instagram, I'll do something and it seems to give people a little bit of freedom. And it's something that I'm really passionate about is just saying to people like, we're all, we're all knobheads. Just be silly. Don't worry about it. Just let go, let loose. Like you'll feel so much better for it. And I just think that um, if, there's, if there's any way I can make money allowing people to lose their inhibitions, that's, that's what I'll do, whatever that is. It just makes you feel so good as well, because I, I'm just going to, I've been, like I said, I've been doing my yoga teacher training and we had like these, on our very first day, they got us into a room, turned the lights off and they just put on music and they're like, just dance, we'll all just dance. And we were all like so <laughs> stiff, like, oh like we're, we're dancing and what's going on um and then on our very last day we done it again and we were just going for it and it was so much fun we were, we were just like just let go I, I can't dance I'm the worst dancer you've probably ever seen but it was just so much fun you're just throwing yourself around and just letting go and I just feel like it's like a release you release so much and you're just like oh my gosh I just feel so yeah. good it was so amazing. I mean, you should try it in a tenor pants and some, in a nappy. I mean, that, that always works oh, for me. I watched that video of you yesterday, actually. <laughs> so funny. That's, that's the next step for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Document that. <laughs> um, so, I have a game for you guys. Normally we play something like health hacks or just crap where you have to decide, um, you know, like what, whether it's true or false, whether this health hack is real. However, because it's Christmas and I have been um, inspired by a game I played at Fake Christmas the other week, we're going to play Big Time Rhyme Chime. Okay. The aim of the game is that you have to come up with a rhyme from the clues that I give you. So, for example, um, if I was going to say Irish ITV host married to Ruth likes miniatures of small men wearing hats in his garden. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a point where I didn't know where I was going to go with that. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> you would say who so Irish morning TV host would be Eamon Holmes. Yeah, and he likes Garden Gnomes. Yes. Ah. So Eamon Holmes likes garden gnomes. So my job is to do that bit. I don't so, have to have the crazy line before. Oh no, 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 that's my job. I've already written them down, so they'll be better as well. Um but it's gonna be you Kelly versus Sam because Sam doesn't know I've done this either. I'm gonna win, I'm gonna be rubbish. No, a positive mental attitude. Yeah, yeah, positive mental attitude. Right, are we ready? Yeah. Game faces on. I am ready. (laughs) Okay. So number one. Legally blonde actress. Unable to sing a simple melody. Buzz. Kelly. Oh, I don't know. I only know her name. I've got to do the rhyme, haven't I? <laughs> that, that is the point of the game, yeah. Um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon can't sing a tune? Yes. Oh, oh. yay! <laughs> One, two. One to you, Kelly. Number two. Thick-eyebrowed supermodel is bouncing up and down. Buzz. Beep. Cara Delevingne is bouncing up and down. Bouncing up and down. Cara Delevingne. Do you have a time frame? I know it. Delevingne. Ten. Is like a jelly bean? (laughs) No. Kelly? Like a jumping bean? No. Cara Delevingne on a trampoline. Oh. Oh, there we go. Right. Okay. Number three. All I want for Christmas is you, singer, is lactose intolerant. Um, beep. Beep. I think Kelly just got that one. Mariah Carey is intolerant to dairy. <laughs> I'll give that to you. It's Mariah Carey can't eat dairy. Oh, okay. I mean, I was just... See, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> You're just saying that on yourself. <laughs> I'll give that to Kelly. Sweet. Right. Uh, okay. School of Rock actor making a noise like a duck. Beep. Jack Black uh, says quack. Yeah, that's one for Sam. <laughs> oh, it's a draw. No, it's two one to Kelly. Is it? Yeah. It's a draw if you want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm counting on my hands. <laughs> It's really, really um, high-tech, this game. Yeah. Uh, okay, X Factor host and Radio 2 DJ has an idea that needs to be scientifically tested. Oh, I think that was Sam. Dermot O'Leary is thinking clearly. No, yes. no. <laughs> That, uh, Kelly? Dermot O'Leary has a theory? Yes! I don't. Exactly. <laughs> Three one to Kelly. Come on, Sam. Get yourself up. I know. Right. Um, creator of The Office is viewing a famous religious singing program on BBC One. Yeah, I have no idea who created The Office. Um... Is it Steve Car- Beep? Steve Carell? No. Is he not in a- oh, no, okay. <laughs> David Brent? No. No. I don't know, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I. Well, Ricky Gervais is what it will have. Oh, yeah. What was the question again? So I've given you the first bit, you have to get the second. Creator of The Office is viewing a famous religious singing program on BBC One. Buzz. Kelly? Is on singing. That's not even a word! Beep! <laughs> is it Songs of Paradise? No! <laughs> I don't know this show. Songs of Paradise? <laughs> songs of... Songs of Paradise? I mean... What? what? <laughs> I'm not giving that to either of you. Although <laughs> Kelly was closer. But Ricky Gervais watching Songs of Praise. Oh, basically got it. <laughs> Ricky Gervais's singing songs of oh, praise. Oh, okay, that's true. I'm still not giving you that. Okay, I had to help you do it, you two out way too much there. Oh, I've not heard of either. I'm going to Yeah. Okay, right. Let's go. Uh, Stephen Fry's comedy partner catching up on the action in the Rover's Return. I don't know. Is that? 
comedy partner, you know, when they were younger? Is that not... Um, also, yeah, Sam. Is that not Ricky Gervais again? No, so he was in House. Oh, beep! Yeah. Hugh, Laurie. Yeah. What was the question again? Uh, it's, he's catching up on the action in The Rover's Return. Where's that? Is that... It's a... Oh God. Sam, Is you can't ask me. Coronation Street or something. Maybe. Hugh Laurie is... Hugh Laurie is... Watching Cory. Thank you. Yes, Sam. <laughs> well done. Oh, it's like pulling teeth. I don't watch TV. Okay, yeah, I've seriously... We're, we're, we're having a stinker. All right, okay. <laughs> right, you, you guys should get this. Okay. The Terminator is pleading for money. Um, beep, Arnold Schwarzenegger is... If he's pleading for money? Vegan? Arnold Schwarzenegger is... <laughs> you guys are not getting this rhyming thing. Yes, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> I just couldn't think, what rhymes with Schwarzenegger? Beggar! <laughs> Beggar, but you said he's begging for money already. No, I said he's pleading for money. Sw Arnold I... Schwarzenegger is becoming a beggar. No, is a beggar. <laughs> doubt it, though. <laughs> 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 right, okay. We I haven't got that many. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm losing my will today. I mean, if you want to throw the towel in, I won't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got a couple more. Courtney Cox has deep feelings for chocolate hazelnut spread. Monica Geller, Buzz. Monica Geller, <laughs> Leslie Feller. Yes. yes. I was always going to get the Friends one. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't, I'd be seriously. You worried. would judge me. No. Yeah. High School Musical star is now non-stick. Beep. Yep. Also known as my second husband, Sam. I know. I know, I know. I know who it is, but I'm just trying to think of the last bit now. Is non-stick? Non-stick. Is non-stick? What does that even mean? It means it's not sticky. Okay. Zac Efron. Is it something to do with Teflon? What's yes! Te Zac Efron. What is Teflon? Zac Efron is Teflon? Kind of, I'll give that to you. It's covered in te Teflon. What's Teflon? I don't <laughs> like know, it rhymed. <laughs> you don't even know what Teflon is, can you bad Look, I'm just getting this from a game, okay, I guys? I Teflon is not sticky. Because it's no, not. Your game sources, mate. I know, seriously. I mean, I think we've lost all of our <laughs> listeners by now. Okay, final <laughs> one. And you, again, should get What's this. Four? Um, does that even matter anymore? I mean, is anyone having fun anymore? Rules <laughs> about control the fun. <laughs> you have to go back and count when we listen. <laughs> Come on then. Okay, last one. We were on a break actor singing, uh, drinking a strong beer. Rob Geller loves Stella. Oh! Oh! <laughs> You were pipped to the post. <laughs> yes. I feel like I won. How do you feel about that? I feel that? like I won. <laughs> I like I won this. Guys. Is that just because you beat I mean, Kelly at Friends? Yeah. Take, take the Excellent. I'm okay with that. So we've got one friend. I'm fine. I, think that's, that's okay. I don't know why it's coming out all squeaky. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> oh dear. I'm unfortunately... Well, not unfortunately for you, Kelly, but unfortunately for Sam, Kelly is the winner. Did you even count? I did. I had counted on my hands. Sorry, Sam. What can I say? I'm going to go back and count this. Okay. <laughs> because I feel like I'm really in the second half. Because we are cracked. And that was quite painful. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I do teach, um, my, when we do the hundred, loads of people are like, are you sure you're counting? And I'm like, yes. I am. I count with my fingers as we go. What's like, the hundred? Uh, it's a Pilates move. Okay. It's like it's serious ab exercise. People hate it. I, I love know it. the number one hundred and abs sounds horrendous. Mm -hmm. Is that one hundred of them that you do? Yeah. So it's um, a move where you're lying down on your back and you have to kind of almost come up into slight chest lift with your arms out long. And then your arms have to pulse. So you're destabilizing yeah. your abs and then you have to 
breathe in. That's just what it looks like when I get up off the sofa these days, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it is me too. I, I'm, I'm currently sat on a floor underneath a den, so I think I'm going to need to... No, I literally feel like I'm looking at a, into the window of the programme Stranger Things or something. And you can... <laughs> <laughs> well, when, you're, you're in separate places aren't you you're not in like the same room under your own dens <laughs> no I mean I have visions of you in the same room like both under a den next to each other <laughs> I wish <laughs> I mean we okay, probably still would cool. do that I, mean, I didn't oh, yeah. get a den memo I'm just in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we should put that memo out now yeah <laughs> right um okay so just before we we go i want to ask you um a final question kelly um yes and um this is make or break it really um this is what we do here on the tribe talk right okay i mean i'm up for it my voice never got me in trouble before <laughs> it's make love marry or murder yes although Kev's probably gonna get jealous but anyway it's all right. You can get him back for that huge Santa. Oh, yes. Let's do this. Um, Hang on. So make love, marry or kill? Yeah, basically. But we said murder just because it begins with an M. But it's only one round. And it's oh, only okay, I understand. One. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Ross, Chandler or Joey? Oh, tough. You've got to make love to Joey. Yeah, he's, I, he'd be good. And you've got to kill Chandler because he'd just be so annoying. Really? Yeah, you'd have to marry. I think Ross would make the best husband. Mm, I mean, mm. his track record didn't really prove that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you'd have, to, you'd have to make love to Joey, surely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, and Ross counts Mississippi, so, you know... <laughs> That's marriage material right there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think I think uh, Monica and Chandler are a better couple than Ross and Rachel. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I know what you mean. Chandler's kind of a bit cooler, isn't he? Well, he's funnier. Ross is a bit serious. Mm. Tough and, call. Yeah, it is a tough call. I mean. I'm sure we could probably have a real deep discussion about this now. But if Gunther was in the mix, then, you know, that would change everything. But if who? Gunther. Really? So not, so, no, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because then they've seen everything. Curveball. <laughs> anyway, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, okay, and Make Love, Marry Murder, uh, Rachel, Monica, and Phoebe. God, make love to Rachel, marry Monica. She would be a great wife. And then murder Phoebe, I guess. I mean, that seems a bit harsh, but that's yeah. what I'd do. What would you do? Uh, I don't know, because you say marrying Monica would be great. I'm guessing because of the cleaning aspect. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a complete tramp. I, well, need, to, I need to be yes, careful um... after. I feel like that would be a big issue though because like I'm really messy as well and I feel like that would cause really big marriage problems. Yeah. I'm basically married to the male version of Monica. Oh, you so, are. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Um I Is am in many ways. But do you love him in spite of that? I yeah. <laughs> the only time we've nearly had an argument is when I spilt gravy on his foot. He <laughs> freaked. The only time you've had an argument. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I need some relationship tips off you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll realise if you came for if you came for dinner with us, you'll realise why. It's just because Alan doesn't talk. <laughs> I mean, literally knives are thrown in our house some days, so we're really over here. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. Well, just thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today, thank Kelly. You for having me. Thank you. Amazing. And is there anything um, coming up for you that um, you want? to ch- talk about or let our listeners know I've got, about? Um, you know the big Christmas dance in my nappy no I'm only joking um I don't know really just I don't know just gonna w- carry on winging it and see what happens um, yeah that's the big news yeah and I guess the, the um kind of the junior edition of the journal and the men's edition too coming yeah. up yeah building that at some point um I mean at the moment I have 
a theme and that's it. I haven't actually come up with anything to go inside. So that's probably what I'll be focusing on <laughs> in the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, just um, rebuilding and reframing life. So it's a little bit more enjoyable. That's the goal. Perfect. And where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly underscore the bee's knees. Um, and that's basically the only place that I hang out these days. Um, it's all you I mean, need. Sometimes really. you can see me in B&M um, in Swindon. But <laughs> other than that, you'll find me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you'll find her on Instagram at B&M. Yes. I mean, if you're really lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, thank you thank you so much and um yeah so make sure that you go and give kelly a follow if you haven't already and don't forget to give sam and i our christmas presents and give us those five star reviews and um we will see you next week thanks guys thank you bye, bye. if you love being part of the tribe Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment or leave a five-star review and we will be back for you.